0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is
1: Believe. The ISO with Dan Dickow and SB Live Sports brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network. The number one podcast network for professionals. Here's Dickow from the deep corner. the right. the Uh-oh. Uh-oh. It's all now. Downtown Dan's going to... Every morning when I'm
0: working out, I'm listening to your podcast. Keep up the great work.
1: I mean, I've seen Dan Dickow hit some big shots in the NCAA tournament. (laughs) I got to salute you, man. Like, I've been watching you since I was in high school, trying to mimic all your moves. Another episode of the ISO with myself, your host, Dan Dickow for SB Live Sports. It's been a good run lately talking to lots of college coaches at multiple levels and at different roles, there are so many different roles that are impactful. At the level of college basketball in impacting kids as well as the success of the programs today's guest no different two years as a Grad assistant at Seattle University before becoming the director of player development still at Seattle University Stephen spray Regan coach uh good to have you on and as I mentioned before we we started recording I I use the term coach you're a younger guy how long has that taken you to kind of uh get used to being called coach yeah I mean first of all appreciate you Dan
0: for having me on here is absolute honor just watching these podcasts um seeing the type of people that you have on here and obviously being on here talking hoops with you is is a great honor somebody that uh I watched growing up and you've been so successful in basketball and business and kind of everything that you've done and uh kind of funny story when you asked me to be on the podcast I was finished working out a couple of the guys and um I asked them, I was like do you guys know who Dan Dickow is and all of them said no and we pulled up uh your clips on Synergy from the 2004 season and uh watched your watch your game clips and um it was crazy but yeah I'm just honored to be on here and um to answer your question it's um it still hasn't hit um it's it's crazy being called coach and it's just different just from being a player and my whole life i was calling people coach and there was so many coaches that had such an impact in my life and shaped who i am today so um it's an honor being being called coach and being able to impact people and um, help people grow on and
1: off the court that's funny you mentioned uh current college players uh, don't necessarily recognize my name or, or, or the skill set that maybe I think that I had and others maybe fall along into that category as well. But, you know, that's something that the advent of technology, synergy, the ability to go on, uh, look at different analytics websites, YouTube, uh, is a benefit for so many young coaches, I'm sure, like yourself. Do you have a favorite website or a favorite platform when when you've got some free time to just kind of dive into basketball and and expand your philosophy? For sure, I think definitely Synergy. Um, Synergy literally
0: has everything. Like I can go and watch specific clips. I can go watch European teams. I can go watch specific coaches. Um, I know one coach that I watch a lot, Ryan Pannone, um, I got to meet him this past summer, but there's just different coaches that I go go watch and watch their systems, and it's just an awesome platform for me to, you know, I can clip stuff up, keep stuff in little folders, and just come back to it, and Synergy is definitely uh, the best platform that I've been able to use and learn so
1: much from just myself. So you're in your first year as a Director of Player Development, you spent a couple of years as a grad assistant um, at Seattle U. Before that, you were a walk-on at Washington State Before and you earned a scholarship. What do you tell young players that may be reaching out to you, uh, whether they want to be recruited by certain schools or just for advice in, in looking at schools? Because many guys want to playing experience and many guys want I would imagine similar to yourself they want a basketball experience where they can learn network and maybe get into coaching what was your decision making factors uh in your process well so I first thing I tell everybody is just don't rush the
0: process like I have a lot of kids that I've talked to over the last few years and they stress and reach out to schools and they want everything to happen right away um I'm a prime example um I had to go become a walk on I had other looks but there's stuff I took visits, but I didn't feel comfortable with any of them, and I think the main thing is go somewhere that you really feel comfortable and that you're gonna be happy because if you're not happy in a situation if you don't feel comfortable if. um, You don't see big picture um, I don't think I don't think it's gonna it's gonna end well it's kind of like go where you're wanted. Um, And I felt even at Washington state that I was a walk on Um, I was wanted I had a great talk with. Uh, Ernie Kent, Sylvie Dominguez was the one that ran my workout um, to kind of be seen, and so I feel like it's just go where you're wanted and go where you think you're going to be happy. Because the worst thing is not being happy when you're in when you're in college when you're playing basketball. Because I mean, basketball is like a full time job when you go to college. Like you're doing so much, you have practice, study hall, um, all this stuff, and then school on the side. So if you're not happy on the basketball court, you're not going to be happy um, in life in college. So
1: There's so many outside factors that I don't think a lot of young players and their parents realize when when they're kind of funneling their thoughts through the the decision-making process. Um, And and you've seen it from your firsthand experience, and now you're you're seeing it as a grad assistant, now director of player development. Um, At the end of the day, what's the biggest difference in levels uh, when you're making a determining factor for yourself and would advise kids? Because NAIA's got some great teams. D3, D2s do as well. Um, but a lot of people have that ultimate goal of playing Division One. What what is was the determining factor truly for you, and what how do you try to share that? Yeah. So
0: I mean, I tell people all the time that there's kids playing NAIA D3 that are good enough to play Division One basketball, and there's guys playing Division One basketball that honestly, they shouldn't be playing division one basketball like they're they'd be better off playing division two. I might have been one of those guys. Um, but for me, I was looking big picture. Um, I grew up there was I told Ernie Kent this, but there was a game I grew up right by UW and I used to go to all the games, huge UW fan growing up um, and I went to a game where Oregon was playing against the UW. And Oregon smashed them and UW was a lot better at this time I think they had Quincy Pondexter all these guys and they were a lot better and um I just fell in love with the style that Oregon was running and one day I was kind of like I would love to play for this guy I'd love to learn from him and I mean he ended up being the College of Basketball Hall of Fame the opportunity ended up arising but um for other people it's just go where you're wanted again you don't want to you know go somewhere and. Uh, You're not wanted there. And the talent level at NAIA D3, D2, those are all really good levels. And there have been guys going to play professional basketball um, overseas in the NBA from different levels. So it's not I don't think it should be division one or bust for a lot of kids. And I know a lot of kids like that. And I I don't know if it's social media or stuff like that that drives that. But I think as long as you're playing basketball, you get the opportunity to. You know, play a sport that you love growing up and you work for growing up. I think that's the main thing, no matter what level that you're playing at.
1: You mentioned Ernie Kent and he's uh, he's had he's not currently in coaching, uh, but he had a terrific run as evidenced by by being inducted to the College Basketball Hall of Fame. He played a very high up tempo system where the point guard was put in, in a lot of pick and rolls. Um Share a little bit about the the mentorship and and maybe the the process of him guiding you into coaching, as well as any other mentors you had. For sure, I think, uh, especially Coach
0: Camp. First time I met him, I told him I wanted to be a coach um, when I got older, and I mean to this day we still talk. We just we talked the other day, and uh, I constantly tell him like a lot of the stuff you taught us, a lot of stuff you did, like. I'm really understanding it now. Uh, sometimes you don't understand it. And sometimes the guys on the team don't understand it when it's happening, but you really understand it now. And I mean, it was just great to great to be coached by him. I mean, you walk in and you're at a Pac-12 school and uh, you're being coached by a legend who's coached NBA players. He's been deep in the tournament. And when we went to Uh, the College of Basketball Hall of Fame in Kansas, you see his face in there. So it's just super surreal, like especially being a basketball junkie, that stuff is just gives me goosebumps. Um, And I mean, he's one of the many mentors I've had from growing up. Um, I had a lot at the youth level, uh, my AAU coaches growing up, um, a guy that I coached a year with in high school. He's a huge mentor. He's really good high school coach. And one thing I've realized is, High school coaches are high level coaches too. Um, kind of like players where there's really good players at every level. There's really good high school coaches and youth coaches. They're just great coaches at every level um, that I mean, I think there's high school coaches that can coach at the college level, NBA level. So um, I've had a lot of great mentors, even when I got out of college, different coaches that um, I've been able to learn from. I've been able to build relationships with. So I've had a lot of people that have helped mold me into the man I am today.
1: You know, I love that comment. High school coaches can be really high level. I look at a guy like Nate Oates uh, at Alabama. I mean, they're preseason, I think, 13 or 14. About eight years ago, he was coaching just outside Detroit um, before getting his opportunity to break in with Buffalo. Um, so I will 100% wholeheartedly agree with you. Now, as a, as a coach on staff at Seattle U, I'm sure you have a chance to, to have a lot of high school coaches come in, watch practice. Um, and do you find that fun to to kind of talk basketball with those guys do you ever get to the point where maybe they make some comments that make you and your staff kind of sit back and like oh that's a great point we at least need to talk this one through right yeah
0: for for me especially I'm I'm always learning I'm I want to be a sponge even when I was a player like I used to work myself out I used to you know go on YouTube watch these videos listen to podcasts so it's that that definitely happens like there's I love picking coaches brains when coaches come to our practices it's always like what did you think what did you think about this like why did you like that drill or why didn't you like that drill and kind of just get deep deep into different things and different philosophies that they do and I mean I'm really close to a, a high school coach who coached at Bellevue High School named Sam Fine who I he's really like he's really smart and he can articulate a lot of stuff. So we talk a lot about player development, uh, kind of schemes and different things. And um, I think it's it's great talking to high school coaches because they have different perspectives. They're not, they're worried straight basketball, right? They don't have to worry about study hall or boosters or all this stuff. They're worried straight basketball. So I think you can learn a lot from high school coaches and we definitely have um, learned a lot from high school coaches that come in and share their opinions.
1: So you're a Seattle guy, went to Nathan Hale, Um, Michael Porter Jr. who's in the NBA now uh, played there uh, during his early years. But there's been a lot of good basketball that have come out of that area. The Sonics haven't been in Seattle for quite some time. The the rumors are that at some point in the near future, the NBA is going to give them a team, which I hope happens. Do true Seattle guys, Sonic fans, do you guys pull for the, the Blazers? Cause I know you don't pull for the thunder. Where do your allegiances lie? So I definitely don't pull for the thunder.
0: Uh, hate the thunder. I've <laughs> <Even though laughs> heard that way too many yeah.
1: times and I agree with
0: it. <laughs> yeah. They got, they got some good players though. Um, got a good young group right now. Um, I, I am a Blazers fan. Um, I love Damian Lillard's game. Obviously CJ Ellaby a Cougar is over there right now. Um, I grew up a Lakers fan. So I'm, I'm a big Lakers fan. I grew up admiring Kobe Bryant. Um, just admiring his work ethic, the way he approached the game. And um, since he's left, I've just always loved the Lakers. I've been to a couple of Lakers games and uh the Lakers are my favorite team. Um, but I love Portland. That's you know the closest team here. But I'm I'm rooting for us to get a team. Uh we got the new arena, Climate Pledge Arena, which we're playing at this year with Seattle U. So um I'm I'm excited and hopeful we get a team in the next few years because I mean. Seattle deserves one. Seattle's a hotbed for young players growing up and the fan bases are ridiculous out here. So Seattle definitely needs a team.
1: Yeah, Seattle high school basketball is amongst the the top in the country. I mean, if you look at the pros that have come out of the Seattle Metro League versus, you know, any other city, it would be pretty comparable. I mean, Chicago, uh, Washington, D.C. and L.A. would quickly kind of challenge that comment. But when you're you were in high school, with Nathan Hale, give us an example of some of the guys that you would go against on a regular basis because high level college players, and then many of them ultimately make the NBA. Yeah, for sure. It was so I played in the metro league where there was guys, even guys that
0: didn't make the NBA or didn't play high level. Like there was Hoopers there. Um, Dejounte Murray is one guy that um, I played against. Kevin Porter was there. Um, There's a lot of guys that didn't make it, like. Guy Enrio Adams went to Kansas. Uh Shaquan Aaron went to Louisville. Um, kid by the name Isaiah Brown was amazing. Um, Tremaine Isabel, he was probably the best player in the state um from my like seventh or eighth grade year, uh, even maybe even earlier. But there was just there was so much amazing talent. And it's it's crazy to see like you don't really think about it at the time, how much talent there is. But now that I've gotten older and that the talent is still there and looking back at it, like the talent was nuts. Um, I'm definitely missing some guys right now, but it was just, it was, it's awesome being from Seattle and being from like a community where, you know, over the summer I played open gyms with Jamal Crawford was there, Will Conroy was there and Isaiah Thomas and different guys like that. So it's just, it's it's awesome just how tight knit of a community it is. And you kind of know everyone I worked out uh the strength guy that I worked out with works out with, you know, Aaron Brooks and Spencer Hawes and, and all those guys. So, I mean, the list is crazy. I have a lot of arguments with people. I'm always back in Seattle, um, 206 er for life. So that's awesome.
1: Yeah. I mean, you, you made the comment, there's too many guys in the name and I would agree with you. You know, I, I didn't even grow up in the Seattle area. I was in the Portland area, but I would go to Seattle all the time in my high school years to, to work out at, at the Bellevue pro club in different places, playing the different leagues And the talent out of the Seattle area has been just incredible over the last 20 years. So you have the opportunity to play in that Seattle Metro League. You Mm -hmm. have a college career. You start your college coaching career in Seattle, your hometown. How did that come about? And that had to have been pretty darn special where um, you can keep your ties from early in your playing career and start developing those into being coaching ties. For sure. Well, so my
0: coaching kind of began when I was really young. So uh, my dad, my family's from Belarus. My dad was a professional ping pong player. Are um, you serious? Yeah. So we oh, got that's to,
1: that's one of my hobbies. I love to get. Really, yeah. so I,
0: we'll have to play sometime because I grew up. That was my first sport growing up. Um, but I just I don't know. I didn't I didn't like it as much. I'm still pretty good. But and then he was a professional coach. So the way school was in Belarus is you go to like here you go to universities and and it's different, but there you go to like sport university. Like, so he went to like the sport university where they teach you how to be a coach pretty much. You have to go through a lot of stuff. So he was a professional coach. um, And I think it was just ran in my blood. When I was uh, 12 years old, I coached a rec team um, and the team was nine, 10 year olds. And I was sending emails to the coach and running plays and playing against you know, coaches that were 40, 50 years old dads. And they're looking over here like, who's this kid? You know, and I mean, that's where it started. Um, And I did that up until my senior year of high school. And then um, I always knew I wanted to be a coach. Um, There was just something about coaching and uh, being around younger people and mentoring and being a servant leader and all this and teaching that I really loved. And when I was, when I got out of college, um, I coached at a high school for a year and, um, I was doing a pre-draft, um, in Florida with David Thorpe for a buddy, Robert Franks, um, and, um, the opportunity arose and it was in Seattle. And I mean, I love, I love Seattle. So it was just a, it was an amazing opportunity to, I mean, if it's not UW, it's Seattle U. So, uh, to start my coaching journey at Seattle U and just wanted to, uh, put on for Seattle
1: pretty much. That's awesome. I, I would agree. I know a lot of other countries, you have to literally go through a coaching licensing program and it's not, you know, a, a two hour online uh, right. course. It, it is a fully immersive uh, college level at times program to be able to coach in, in those countries. So that's interesting that your dad's a ping pong uh, yeah. Yeah, superstar because that's one of the sports uh, that, that when I get a chance with my buddies, Um, I could play for hours it's a lot of fun so tell me this as a serve guy if you're serving are you a spin guy or are you a power guy on the serve it depends who I'm playing against
0: uh if I'm playing against somebody really good I'm going spins um if I'm not playing against somebody very good I'll you know go normal serves but if I start losing I'll definitely get to the spin so I always rely on my spins to to get me some wins
1: all right well if we ever match up on uh the, the t- table tennis uh we will uh my scattering report on myself I'll just give it to you early my backhand is awful but I've got a tremendous spin game so there you go i give you the I'll give you the Sorry, scattering I'm, I'm
0: excited to play one day
1: yeah last question I know uh Seattle University is in the middle of uh, of a uh kind of early season transition with a few things. What are the expectations with the program? Because I think you guys have uh, kind of been on the rise the last few years in the WAC. For sure. I mean, I think the expectations don't
0: change. Um, the guys on the team want to win. Uh, the staff wants to win. I think we're going to be really good this year. Um, we have a great group of guys, not only basketball players, but uh, young men. We've got talent, um, we got a lot of talent, and we lot got a lot of energy out here. So I think we're I think we're going to have a great season. Um, We get started uh, here coming up and um, the expectations are as always to win as many games as you can um, go as far as you can. And at the same time, just help these guys just become better people in the society, better men, and um, just kind of help, help, help navigate them through life and through college and through my experiences that I've, I've gained, just be there for them, help them as much as they can and, um, just ultimately just try to try to do our best and try to see see what we can do this year.
1: Well, coach, I appreciate the time. I know uh, you're still getting used to that moniker of, of coach, but it sounds like you've been building uh, throughout the course of, of your basketball career that you want to be a coach. And, and all points indicate that you're going to be a great one. So appreciate the time. And uh, hopefully I see Seattle U in person at some point And maybe we can get that ping pong match in. For sure. Dan, I really appreciate
0: you being on here. It's been an absolute honor to uh, be on here with you and talking hoops with you. Thanks so much.
1: The ISO with Dan Dickow and SB Live Sports brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals.